Hi everyone, welcome back to It's All Light. I'm your host, Natalie Baugh, and this is my second time recording because the first time I recorded there was an echo. So this episode will be a little bit more concise because this is my second time doing it. So today I'm so happy because it's a chat with Nat segment and I love talking and I've been thinking about what we're going to talk about today and I took a poll on my Instagram too to see what you would want to listen to and one of the highest polls was um, therapy sesh along with this quote that we'll talk about later today in today's episode. But yeah, with this therapy sesh today, I just wanted to talk about these important things that I have learned from therapy and about life so that you can listen to it and hopefully get some ideas on how to implement helpful lessons into your life and find an uplifting takeaway. And I want to start out with a story. So I was recently blessed with a trial, blessed with great opportunities of picking between two good options. I got two new job offers and I was so grateful to finally be in that spot of my life to move forward. And I was so stressed about, okay, which one do I pick? And as I was talking to lots of people about it, because that's one of my toxic traits is I just talk to everyone about my decision-making skills. Um, my friend said, you know what? Like, whatever you do, like, it's all right. And I was about to go record my podcast to get my mind off. And I was like, you know what? It is. It's all right. It's all light. And that's kind of that segue I've been wanting to connect with the play on words for the title of this podcast that it is all right and it's all light. And sometimes when we shed light onto these things, it helps us realize that things are all right and that it's all right and it's all light. And we can feel light as we learn how to go through our struggles in our lives and find the help that we need. And for me, therapy has been a good resource. Um, And I've gone off and on therapy for just different things in my life. And I've tried different therapists. And it's not like crazy consistent, but I've realized how helpful and beneficial it is in my life. So I try to keep up with it about once a month. And that also is dependent on my healthcare and my budget and different things like that too. Because sometimes our friends and family members can be good therapists. But something I've learned and valued from therapy is just having a third party to come in with professional help. And as I was looking through my therapy notes and what takeaways to talk about today, I realized one of those big things was anxiety. And that is something that I never really thought I struggled with. But in reality, it's something I struggle with a lot. And I think in our world, we've just kind of been able to talk about it more and kind of put terms to anxiety and the struggles we go through and what like what those feelings are and a lot of those feelings are anxiety. So that has been something I've talked to my therapist about and she's given me some coping mechanisms that I want to talk about in a minute. And another thing I realized I go to therapy for as I was looking through my notes was getting over an ex. And so that's something I'll mention and then just kind of outlining this episode out We'll also talk about confidence and implementation because that is the hardest thing to do, but also the most important to do. But it also helps to learn about it and to talk about it. So back to my story from the beginning, decision making. So that is something as I was looking through my therapy notes that I go to talk to my therapist a lot about because there's always decisions in our lives to be made. Some are bigger than others. And for me, like, Back in January, I remember talking to my therapist about 
deciding whether to go to grad school and what that would look like and how I could make this decision. And then this most recent decision of choosing between two jobs, like I get into this panic mode and my sister helped me realize like, oh yeah, that's anxiety. And that unsettling feeling is not helpful. And so we have to find different ways to be helpful. So along with that story of deciding between two jobs, I'm super grateful that I have my sister to talk to. And as we were talking, she was like, you know what? You are always are placed in these situations, right? Where you have to choose. And she's like, maybe it's because you haven't learned your lesson yet. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's so right. Like even a few years ago, I had to choose between two jobs and I went into this paralyzed motion, not, not paralyzed motion, paralyzed mode where I just like couldn't figure out what to do or couldn't make a decision. Uh, my decision ended up being made for me because of my indecision. So that taught me an important lesson there. But something I wanted to start out with is that in that trial of decision making, my sister was like, okay, like, what is God trying to teach you? Like, what is the lesson here? Like, you're going to keep getting these same spots of deciding between two good things or just deciding in general until you learn the lesson. So we made a list of, okay, what is God trying to teach me? And I think this list can apply to you because it's a pretty generic list of what God can try to teach us in any of our trials. So the first one I wrote down was move forward with faith. And that is just like, I mean, the first principle of the gospel of Jesus Christ is faith and it involves action. So there's that one. And then getting rid of our anxieties and stop second guessing. For me, second guessing is just like a bad habit because guys I've dated, we break up and then I second guess it and I want to go back and date them again. I've done that in the past. And where has that gotten me? <laughs> Nowhere. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyways, so getting rid of those anxieties that cause us to second guess. And then another point is trusting ourselves and trusting, trusting myself, trusting our, my gut. And for me, that is something I'm still trying to figure out because in this latest decision making episode, I had the hardest time even recognizing what I was feeling. I felt like I really just had no idea what to do. And my sister helped me realize that I was feeling more anxious and stressed kind of from the whole situation in general. And that my gut feeling maybe had been before I got into an anxious state. And so you have to like calm yourself down and get back to your initial thoughts from the very beginning of the situation. And then just trusting that the events that come after will work out. And then if you still don't feel settled moving forward, like to accept that unsettledness and that confirmation will come. And I had to remind myself like that happened when I was trying to decide which semester to do my study abroad in, right? Like winter semester or fall semester, you know, because in my head I started getting anxious about what if my husband's on one of the other trips like what if I need to be here or there for so many different reasons and like I remember that was also a very hard decision like five years ago to decide which semester to go on um and that might not seem like a big deal to you but for me it was like the craziest big deal but as I ended up going with the fall semester I started meeting the people I needed to meet and that confirmation definitely came I'm still best friends with so many wonderful people from that experience and wouldn't trade it for the world. And that is looking back, I can have confidence in that decision. So moving forward, try to play that confidence into the decisions I'm making now. And that kind of goes into don't make it harder than it needs to be. 
and we'll get to this later. I think that kind of goes back to the coping mechanisms of anxiety can help us not make it harder than it needs to be. And then another point that I'm trying to learn is I can't have it all. I also am a little bit of a people pleaser and I want to do it all. And we'll also talk about how the implementation of, you know, we can be a lot of talk, but are we, can we, can we walk the walk, even if we're a lot of talk? Um, so we'll talk about some of these points a little later on. Another thing that God could be trying to teach you and God is trying to teach me is to play to my strengths and to continue to grow and remind myself what I want. Because ultimately, God wants us to be confident and dispel doubts on our own and move forward confidently. I think that's why he doesn't answer a lot of our prayers, because he knows that we're capable of making these decisions, even if we don't feel that yet. Like, that is something he wants us to feel. He wants us to feel our divinity and our capableness, and he wants us to, to, to go and to do, right? Like, Nephi will go and do. He wants us to do, and he always reassures us and that comes at different times and like as I've made my decision and as I'm moving forward there's there's definitely some hesitation still like I'm going into the unknown but I have to remind myself this is what I want and God wants what I want and he'll guide me as long as I'm doing my best to live my life in a way that he is pleasing to him live righteously and I'm talking from my personal beliefs I know that if you are not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I hope you can relay this to a higher power or just the motivation in your life and becoming a better person with whatever you believe. But for me, God wants me to be confident and to move forward and become and learn and grow, and that's the purpose of life. And sometimes it's faking it till you make it, faithing it till you make it. And then I think it's the hardest thing to do when you're going through something hard, but Asking yourself, okay, what am I learning from this? And what's the lesson I need to take away from this? And that's helpful when you're getting out of a relationship. Once I got out of a relationship and my my friend Nate was like, you know what? What are three things you're always going to do because of this relationship? And what are three things you'll never do because of this relationship? And, you know, you just keep learning and keep growing. Doesn't mean it won't be hard. And then the last thing I want to talk about with this this um, scenario, this story, is God doesn't bring anxiety. And there's been a few other times in my life where I've tried to learn this lesson, and I'm grateful for the reminders. One was on my mission. I remember at a mission conference, we had been instructed by the mission president and by APs and all the fun leaders. And then I remember just, I had so many notes that I had taken throughout the whole meeting, and I was talking to my companion. I'm like, okay, I want to be better at this, this, and this, and this, and I'm I'm not good at this and I want to be like this and I want to be this kind of missionary and there's this, this, and this I need to work on. And it was this crazy long list of everything I wanted to work on and to be better at. And she was like, whoa, 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 Sister Ba, like God is not giving these you these feelings of stress trying to be better. She's like, that's Satan trying to make you feel like you can't do it all because there's too much to do. She's like, God will motivate you to become and do those things that you want to do. And and distinguishing between those two feelings because yeah, God wants us to grow and accomplish things and be a better person in in this instant, be a better in this instance, be a better missionary. And she's like, but God doesn't make you feel like you can't do it. And that's what Satan was trying to do and overwhelm. And then just like last year, I was in a, a project and the leader was kind of helping me as I came up with this pilot program and 
she was like, you know what? The spirit never overwhelms. And that was just such a good reminder that I needed as I was trying to accomplish lots of things and do a lot of things. I had to remind myself, you know what? Like in my life, I value God and I value following the spirit. And we have to remind ourselves that that really is calm and peaceful and motivating and uplifting. And I hope that as you remember this, that you can move forward more confidently in your life and more peacefully and happier, even though you might be pushing through a hard thing. So with that, we're going to move on to the next little segment, which is how to get over your ex. Because as I was flipping through my notes of every therapy session from this most recent therapist I've been going to, it's how do I get over how do I get over my ex? And for me, this dates back, like this dates back to an ex of like two years ago. And it's just funny how that can still come back into my life, even when I thought I was in one place or another. And that's another plug for just these things we go through in our lives, whether it's for me, like this decision making and anxiety in different instances, like we might have these struggles our whole lives. And that doesn't mean we're not getting better. It just means that there's countless lessons to be learned from that. Obviously, I hope that I'm not stuck with crazy indecision for the rest of my life. Like at each decision I make, I get closer to becoming more confident in my future decisions. So I just wanted to give you a little bit of hope that if you're struggling with the same thing that you've struggled with your whole life, you might continue to have struggles along the way. But each step can open up a new perspective. Each step can open up a new lesson. And I just wanted to encourage you to just keep going. And I'm along here with you because there are definitely days where I sit there and I just like, have I changed at all? Like, am I a better person or have I accomplished what I want to be and who I want to be? And it's sometimes so hard to realize like, oh my gosh, like I haven't or I have. And it it takes a lot of self-reflection. And that kind of ties into how to get over my ex, as well as just how to become more self-aware to get through other other issues and other struggles in our life. So like a main takeaway from therapy is learning how to manage our thoughts and be self-aware. And there's a few things that my therapist guided me on in the sense of getting over an ex. And I'll just share those briefly because... I know there might be some of you out there that are going through this and this is what has this is what has helped me and one was kind of you have to go through the grieving process and this is something I've talked about before you have to feel your feelings and it's super hard and it's interesting even with time past like occasionally you might feel some feelings again and it's hard and you get back right to where you were that doesn't mean you haven't progressed the second thing is Once you've gone through that enough, you can find the right motivation to propel you to draw the line and to refocus your thoughts and refocus your energies and break those connections to then move forward. And this is something like I know I've come a long way and I'm grateful for that, but like there are days where it's like, wow, I really miss this or and I'm like, wait, Natalie, what are you doing? That was two years ago. Then I catch myself and I'm like, you know what? That's okay. Like these thoughts are normal. Take them. Maybe sit with them for like 20 seconds and let them go and move on. You know, like it really takes that mental power to do this and managing those thoughts. And as 
I've learned to try to become more self-aware. I've always loved journaling. And I think journaling has helped me become and change. And I, like I said, sometimes I feel like I haven't changed at all. But I keep a very religious journal, religious in the sense that I'm like consistent. And I love it because when I get everything out on paper, then I can get it out of my head and kind of move on to the next thing. But as we journal, we kind of, we kind of just see things in new light and we kind of realize, okay, you know, take some deep breaths, like this will be okay. Another thing too, I grew up having interviews with my dad on fast Sundays and I love them, even though like, I don't know what it is about an interview session or an interview setting. I would go in there and I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. And I didn't even know why just talking on one-on-one with my dad, but just talking aloud about, he would ask me about my goals and about things in my life and we would chat and and I'm so grateful for those. But I've had similar experiences with pray with prayer and praying out loud. And the other day I prayed out loud and no one was home and I was in my room. And like immediately I started crying just by by speaking words out loud versus a prayer in my heart. And I just wanted to pull a little plug that maybe praying out loud is something you need. Hearing your own voice as well as just knowing that you are communicating with a divine a divine member of the Godhead, you're talking to God. And it's really incredible that we have that ability. And if you don't believe in prayer, like meditation can can do the same thing or just yeah, talking to yourself in different ways. Um, but for me, I just wanted to encourage you to pray out loud sometimes. And, and for me, that has been really helpful as I've tried to be reflective and self-aware. Um, now that kind of leads me to my next point of, of self-improvement in general, as well as like anxieties that come from all of our struggles and all of our problems, relationships, friendships, family memberships, <laughs> like there's so many things that can cause us anxiety in our lives, our job, um, decisions, right? And I had my therapist help me kind of walk through like, okay, why am I feeling anxious about so many things and how can I deal with that? And the first thing is kind of recognizing where this anxiety is coming from. And my therapist taught me like, it's kind of how our brain reacts. It gets into this like fight or flight survival mode. and that's, I mean, why you feel panicky or and like anxious and how to cope with that is reversing that cycle to get to get ourselves to a place where we can say I'm safe, I'm okay, and calm ourselves down. So breaking that cycle, the first thing to do is breathe. Take in those deep breaths and like three deep breaths in six seconds, hold for six seconds, out and then hold. And that immediately can reset your brain just from the get-go. And then from there, you can have other go-to things like turn on a movie, go for a walk, go for a run, drink a cup of water, you know, whatever you know works for you. Start to do those things and create those habits because then you'll be able to revisit whatever you're feeling anxious about in a calmer manner and implement different things better. So it's definitely easier said than done. I just thinking about last week trying to make this decision. I was like talking to my sister and my face was all wrinkled up and I was like almost like curled up in a ball of like uncomfortableness because I was just so stuck and I had no idea what to do. And I was feeling so anxious about 
everything. And finally to get out of that, it just took some steps. You just got to move. You just got to get up and make the choice. And like, for me, it was so hard to grasp that concept of just choose, just do, you know, like no one else can do it for you. No matter how many people you talk to, like it's up to you. You just have to pick it and go with it. And it is so helpful for me to have those key people to talk to. Like my sister helped me realize where these anxieties were coming from. And then that led me to realizing like, okay, this is what I felt at the beginning and stick with that and then move forward and confirmation. If you don't feel it now, it will come. And that's what I'm doing now. I'm moving forward and multiple times throughout this, this story of decision-making I've heard, you know, make your choice, then choose your choice. And my sweet best friend and I were texting about this and she's like, life is made up of choices. That is life. You have to always choose. And she's married with a cute family. And she was just like, you choose the person you want to marry and then you choose them every day. Like these choices are crucial in our daily actions. And that leads me to this other thought that I've learned that I think is important. And I learned this from my student development class at BYU called life decisions or life planning and decision making. Highly recommend it. I took it my senior year. It was so awesome. We read a book about willpower and we talked about how when we create routines in our lives, it takes less willpower to do those things. Hence, it opens up more space for us to accomplish more. So an an example is like if I wanted to wake up early and go running the next morning, making that decision the night before and it even helps to have like an accountability person, like someone to meet you in the morning. Then when you wake up and you have that 10 seconds when your alarm is going off, you've already made the decision that you're going to step out of bed and get up and go. And you don't have to, to exercise that willpower and deplete yourself. You can just go because you have that routine motion. Another example is I'm a dentist's daughter. And for me, growing up, I was taught to floss my teeth every night. And now that's, I mean, that hasn't been a problem for me for years. I floss every night and that is just what I do. That is my routine. That is my habit. I don't have to think twice about it. And that is what I want to mimic in other areas of my life. I want to have these routines so that it takes less willpower to do them. And when it takes less willpower to do those things, then I have more brain power and willpower to accomplish greater things and when I have bigger things going on, I can tackle them with clearer, um, brighter energy type of thing. So I think that's super important to remember. Also from this class, we learned a lot about priorities and values because when you have your priorities and values set, decision-making really isn't that hard, which I laugh at because I still haven't quite figured out that. And I Every time I have a decision to make, I try to think, okay, like, what do I value? What are my priorities? Even if it's just like, what should I do this weekend? Or what should I do next week? Like, go on a trip or not? Like, I have to remember, okay, like, what do I value? What are my priorities? And it's hard because they really are just shifting so much, especially in if you're in your late 20s, like this stage of life, our priorities and values are kind of shifting a lot. And so one thing we did in that class was instead of just like going down and saying, okay, these are my priorities, these are my values. You sit down and say, okay, this is how I've spent my time today. This is how I've spent my time this week. This is where I was at. This is what I was doing. This is who I was with. And how you you are already living is what your priorities and values are. 
So once you see where you're already at and what you're already living, then from there you can say, okay, this is where I want to be though. And how am I going to actually change my daily actions to get there? And it is really hard. I feel like there are definitely good days and bad days and times where I am am happy to track my time because I'm using it productively. But then there's days where I literally don't do anything and I don't feel productive. I didn't like didn't work out, you know, didn't eat a healthy meal, you know. And those days are okay. And I think accepting that too is a whole nother whole nother story is accepting weaknesses and accepting mistakes and bad days. Um, but we'll talk about that another time. Um, so we've talked about anxiety, we've talked about dating, we've talked about, well, getting over your ex. We'll do a whole nother dating episode later. And then we've talked about decision making. And then the last point I want to touch on today is just the action side of all of this, the implementation, the practice, the breaking habits, the breaking the cycles and our intentions, which brings us to this quote that I have had either people say to me before or I've thought a lot about. And it is the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And at first I was like, oh, that's sad because I feel like I have great intentions and that's done great things for me. But like in reality, I think this quote is true because intentions really only get you so far and what matters is your actions right it matters what you're doing not what you'll say you'll do and I learned this and a hard lesson from dating someone who would bring up these things and like even like the words of saying sorry from a situation like didn't mean anything unless that sorry was paired with actual change and that's something I'm still working on and it's really hard to do but with this quote, I think good intentions are the, like, are the road to hell because hell is not growing and not improving. And intentions are a great start, but it needs to be paired with action because that's when things actually happen. And that's when we are on the road to, I mean, you could say heaven, but just on a progressive road. And for me, implementation is really hard. Like I love goal setting. I have clear visions. I have this whole big notebook of goals and I love the eight dimensions of wellness. And I think about those and I think about all these different areas and goals I want to set. And usually I don't accomplish half of them. <laughs> if not like I maybe only accomplish a fourth of them. And we'll do a whole nother podcast on goals and things like that because I have so many thoughts regarding that. But in this episode with these goals and these intentions, I think it goes back to the steps we're taking in our daily lives. Like I said, like when you see what you're already doing, you see where your priorities and values lie. Same goes for, okay, what actions am I taking to accomplish and create the life I want? And it really does take those baby steps. So like for me, one of my goals this year was to read a book a month. I am eight books behind. <laughs> and I had a shift though. Six months in, I was like, okay, I haven't read six books. Like I could either cram six books and read like crazy and have like a, a binge book reading party or I could reevaluate my goal, right? And I started realizing, oh, I can take my book out on a walk. And for me, I can actually... Like somehow it works. I don't know. I There's not too many people to run into on the sidewalks. So just getting out there and like setting these times to like go on a walk and read started getting me through my books or like 
it was a super fun implementation act. I can go to the pool and read my book. And now I'm almost done with one of my books. I still have five others that I've started and, and I want to finish. But like creating those spaces and living that lifestyle. So my routine is like, okay, I can create this, this amount of space in my day to go relax and read. And then I can have that associated with a positive light. And then I'm more motivated to accomplish that goal. So that's a little bit of implementation that I've been learning. But another big thing with implementation is just that one tiny step that leads to the next tiny step and the next tiny step. We talked about this in the first episode with Daniel about being competitive and how he got to where he is by like from a childhood experience of his teacher giving him like a a calendar with check boxes. And like every day he did that thing he needed to do. I think it was like homework or something of the other. And it's worked for me too in different different instances of things I'm accomplishing but just like that one daily thing you can do that will help you get to where you want to be and with that being said in the podcast episode it's either this week or next week with Moose Bingham we talked about if you know what you want and what you're looking for you will find it similarly if you have that vision of where you want to be and who you want to be set clearly then you can get there And something I would tell my missionaries I taught in the MTC was a goal without a plan will fail. And I learned that from one of my district leaders. But it's true. You need to have a plan. And these plans, I think for me to actually implement things, I have to get super creative and think about, okay, like what can I actually do? And like sometimes we are super lazy and like even just the smallest thing will kind of be at springboard to get us to do more things. And I think I said this earlier, like it's so easy to talk the talk, but it's so hard to walk the walk. And I'm a living example of that. I love talking and I love having so many ideas and I want to do it all. And I talk about doing this and this and this and this. Like, I think I've told a hundred people like, yeah, I'm going to go to med school and I'm 40 or, or I want to be a flight attendant. And like, I'm actually not doing all those things, even though I talk about them and I have so many dreams of what I want to do. But then I have to ground myself and pull myself away from the clouds for a minute and, and see what I'm actually doing and, and then creating that, that maybe year plan or five-year plan to actually accomplish and get going on these things. And with that, like evaluation is key because things do change. Life changes, Thomas Rhett, life changes. And we need to be able to learn how to roll with them. And it's really hard sometimes. I freak out when I don't have a set plan and I feel less productive. Like even today, I was like back in my decision making thing of, oh, what am I even going to do tonight? I have to do this, this and this and this. And my mom was like, you know what? Go write it down. See what is the hardest thing you need to do and do that, Um, which I didn't do tonight. I needed to run 18 miles this weekend and I was going to go today, but I'm going tomorrow morning. I made my plan. I made my decision. I was like, I'm going to go get my podcast done and then I'll go to bed and wake up early and do my run. And so. It feels so good to be decisive, but the beforehand of figuring that out is stressful and it takes effort and effort is hard to get ourselves to do sometimes. And that's something I want to dive into another time. But thank you for listening. I know this was a little bit all over the place, but the last thing I wanted to end with is confidence. And the takeaway for this is that confidence helps us act. Confidence helps us move forward. Confidence helps us dispel some anxiety. 
And I want to leave you with a question of when are times you have been confident before? And just start thinking about that and how you can implement that into things you're dealing with now and going through. And remember that it's all right. It's all light. I hope you have a fabulous week. Thank you for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.